Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Pregnant Arnold Schwarzenegger's like flanking him <laughs> <laughs> with Danny DeVito's baby, of course. <laughs> Danny DeVito's the gene seed. Welcome back to the Internet's number one fake history podcast, The Lore Boys. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer, joined today by James Miller and Peter O'Donohue. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, hi guys. Oh, fuck, he took it from me. That'll be our BuzzFeed show. We, we're the hi, guys. Yeah, exactly. And I'll uh, cheat on my wife. And then in the oh, whole thank God. I was, I was nervous. I was going to have to get a cheat on my wife. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. And I'm not, get, I'm not getting married anytime soon. So that's, that's we just can just put that off forever. Well, you better speed it up because we, we're going to want the scandal. Think about how many clicks they got. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll dude. On. Don't be selfish. Cheat on your wife. Get a wife. I'll go to the bar tonight. Selfish yeah. bastard. Um, <laughs> So today we're talking, we're taking a look at the Chaos Primarchs from the 40, Warhammer 40k universe. Specifically, we're talking about one, I guess I should say, we're, we're, I'm going to be starting some episodes, I guess, on the, the Chaos Primarchs. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Mortarian, head of the Death Guard. Yes, I've seen this uh, toy. He looks very fucking cool. Yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. Uh, the Chaos Primarchs have been kind of requested in the past by patrons, Darkside Bunny, Magnus the Pink renamed from magnus the red who is one of the chaos primarchs not the one we're going to be talking about today maybe oh, the cool. one I'll, maybe the i mean we'll talk about him a bit today but maybe the one i'll be talking about next <laughs> he's like uh, magnosi or something is he right now right. or he was some thank, at some point it was magnus you, the poor for a bit thank you <laughs> thank you magnus the poor. that's very good uh <laughs> so um this was also requested by friend of the show bobby but a different friend of the show bobby so uh a good, good, good friend of mine who listens to the show asked requested this. So shout out to Bobby. He listens. Yep. No way. Yeah, so does does. Tyler. I was telling him stories. He's like, I know. I listen to your show. I was like, uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hi, Uh Cool. Um, so let's jump right in. I guess shout out Terry for the new, the updated pledge in Who's Patreon. A friend of the uh, show too, but met through also the show. friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show yeah. through the show. Like all of we you guys a, listening. We have a fresh patron actually, uh, Noah Head who I think has requested stuff in the past, but was oh, yeah. not a, officially a patron until Don't recently. make the obvious joke, guys. Okay, Road Ahead was in my head. I, I thought we were going to do, like, the, the, the Halloween guy, you know, without the head thing. Yeah, I was thinking, like, yeah. Mario as uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Like, I got the Noah Head! Road Ahead. That's what $3 gets you. We will make fun of your name. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I just didn't scroll down far enough in Patreon. But it also looks like, like Forshi, Forshi, Forshi up to sub. I uh, think also up to him. Yeah, up to sub. and thank you for the, the game Forshi too. He says he's upping his sub and he bought me a game the same day. So lots of support from him. 
we're cashing that yeah. general check, baby. Yep. Thank you. Okay, so uh, you guys want to jump right in? You guys remember Warhammer 40k, right? We've talked about it before. Sure, um, it's also relevant because Bolt Gun just came out and it's supposed to be great. I mean, yeah, there's a million 40k games out all the time. I just bought one while we were recording the uh, the bonus content uh, <laughs> Warhammer 40k. I just like, it came up on, on Steam when I was looking up Jamie's games. It's called uh, Inquisitor Martyr. And oh, it's, it's on like sale, a, right? It, yeah, it's like the complete edition, which is normally one hundred and three dollars, is twenty twenty bucks, eighty percent off. Inquisitor Martyr is that like Sergeant Major? Like what? So what it, is- it's Warhammer forty k Inquisitor. It gave me two Warhammer forty k Inquisitor games. Oh. Like it gave me Inquisitor Martyr, and it gave me Inquisitor something else, Inquisitor oh. Prophecy. But it, it's, it's like uh, it's a Diablo clone. So it's what's an the ARG. one you oh, kill? What's the one you kill the the peoples instead of the rats now? Uh, oh no uh dark tide dark tide that one looks good i watched yeah. uh other bobby friend of the show play it uh, yeah so you're you're fighting in dark tide i'm fairly certain i haven't really i've seen like 20 minutes of gameplay maybe uh but you're you're playing uh or you're fighting against the forces of chaos who we're gonna be talking mm-hmm. about um cool. inquisitor looks cool jamie i'd say check it out i i've had a diablo itch recently so i was like oh rather than go blizzard my money i can give checks checks notes the great company games workshop money but yeah. uh, i still have grim yeah. dawn grim <laughs> dawn which i only like chipped at the surface i feel like yeah. if i wanted to come back to it i'd go to grim dawn or d2 but okay but. i played the first like 20 minutes of grim dawn i was like yeah not for me I, I bounced off the same way and that i bounced off of uh uh exile uh and like in that the maybe it's just like the the motif like the setting the whatever like it's too similar to diablo where like and I was talking with a friend about Diablo 4 yesterday, and I was like, eh, if I get the itch, I'm just going to go back and play Diablo 2 like I've been doing for the last 25 years. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not going to suddenly change. So, like, <laughs> Diablo 2 is like newer than it's ever been, too. Now it's got like yeah. terror zones and like, yeah, fa- end game farming is not as tedious as it used to be. And- yeah, I'm going to, I would buy, uh, I'll, I'll buy D2R if it goes on sale, maybe, but I just bought. Warhammer 40k Inquisitor because it went on sale. So maybe I'll play that for a bit. Yeah. I'm looking at how much is it? I'm like, maybe it's worth it just to play it with you. Okay. Tell me if you like it. Tell me if you like it. Then we'll go from there. Yeah. Cool. 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 It's on sale till June. Uh, till June 12th. Cool. Uh, cool. So we could probably talk about what we're here to talk about, which is Warhammer 40k, to be fair. So we're not totally, we're not totally off the rails already. <laughs> and just push, uh, pussyfooting around it a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've done a few stories on the Space Marine Primarchs on this show. Uh, but mainly we've talked about those who remained loyal to the Emperor after the events of the Horus heresy. Today, we're going to be talking about those who left the Emperor's good graces, or one of those who left the Emperor's good graces, alongside the Luna Wolf's Primarchs, uh, Horus Lupercal. Okay. So we've done an episode on the Horus heresy way back in the day. I don't remember if he was on there. Did we do three? Wow. We... Or maybe maybe not. I was gone. I remember awesome. listening. It was with you, Murphy, and Pete. I was going to say, um, I, I remember one of you not being there, but I couldn't remember. I was in Poland. It was 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was 2018. I did look it up. I was looking up like, so what, what I have written here is like, we've like, we've done an episode on the Horus Heresy back in the day. A lot has changed in that time. Cause there's been like new books released in the, in yeah, the Horus yeah. Heresy, like, yeah. um, black library, uh, edition, you know, um, I remember new... listening to that one cause I missed you guys and I was all Aww. alone. In, Aww. In Europe. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Um, so yeah, there's new books in the series. Uh, there's more details on like the Traitor Legions. There's new character perspectives, and there's like the Siege of Terra. I think just recently, like the most recent book or one of the more recent books happened, uh, where like Horus finally does confront the God Emperor in his uh, at his Golden Throne, essentially. Well, 
it's a story for another time. I actually would would really love to just redo those episodes. So uh, if you want to hear that tale, join the Lore Boys Discord server uh, and pop it into the Lore Request channel. And there's uh, links in the description of this episode. So the Horus Heresy, we're going to talk a bit about the Horus Heresy just in like framing, I guess, uh, everything. Then I'll, I'll introduce you guys to the list of the traitor primarchs that we know of. And then uh, we'll talk about Martarian and his, cool. his kind of origin story. Tra- they're traitors like Joe. They're like, yeah, they're like, uh, well, the new <laughs> talking about uh, <laughs> there being a million Warhammer games like there's the, the beta just came out for Rogue Trader, which is like a they're like the Imperium's like privateer fact like they're like privateers in space and that they're like they're it's like legalized piracy essentially uh where they can like they're allowed to steal from people if it serves the empire in a certain way or something like that but that game looks really cool it's by the the makers of uh divinity original sin Uh, or is it by no it's not by larian sorry it's by owlcat who made uh pathfinder wrath of the righteous and pathfinder kingmaker but same style of game i guess as divinity original sin so um yeah, David in the Discord is, has was playing the uh, the beta, and he said it it looks really cool. I'm I'm definitely going to get that one when it comes out, most likely. Um, so the Horus Heresy takes place in the 31st millennium. You guys will be like, but this is Warhammer 40k, not 31k. That's exactly uh, what I was saying. It'd be 32k, wouldn't? Oh no, 31k. Sorry, I was like 31,000. No, that's the 32nd <laughs> millennium. But I'm an idiot, so 31st millennium is what I said. Uh, yeah. Uh, so during the during the Great Crusade, led by the Emperor of Mankind, is when the Horus Heresy kind of kicks off. The Emperor, aided by his genetically engineered superhuman sons, known as the Primarchs, sought to reunite, reunite the scattered human colonies and establish a galaxy-spanning empire called the Imperium of Man. Now, you guys will maybe remember between like 20,000 and 30,000, it was a time known as the Dark Ages, where humanity had been spreading throughout the galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, for you know, uh, 20,000 years or so. But then comms went dead. Yeah, exactly. There was Nobody a, could talk to each other. A warp storm swept through the, the galaxy and just destroyed like technology and like basically set up a bunch of different worlds to have like different unique uh, like levels of yeah. technology and, and everything like that, right? Right. Yeah, we we've done a bunch of episodes on bunch, different primarchs like Gulliman, and that's the only name I can remember at the moment. And that's Space <laughs> Wolf's guy, right? Yeah, yeah. We've did we've done a a few episodes. We did like the Salamanders guy. We've done. Right. Yeah, uh, it's been a while yeah. since our last forty k. I, I, that used to be your bread and butter, but yeah, now it's, it, uh, we we hit MTG for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I get fixated. It's the it's the ADHD ADHD in me, I guess. Uh, uh, just like I I like the one topic and I like to stick with it. So maybe we'll be sticking with this one for all because I got a little jazz doing this episode. So um, it's like wearing an old glove or something. I don't know. Old it's me- got to be an expression, right? Old mecha suit. It's like putting on an old condom. You know, just fits you. Uh, <laughs> so the Primarchs, created in the late 30th millennium, uh, now commanded the mighty Space Marine Legion's genetically enhanced warriors who were the Imperium's greatest champions. Following their creation by the Emperor of Mankind during the Great Crusade, the infant Primarchs were scattered across the galaxy by mysterious forces. Each Primarch landed on a different planet, encountering diverse cultures and societies that would mold their characters and shape their legions. Right, and so, each Primarch has the dad who is the king. The god emperor. Yeah, he, okay. he created the Montera in a lab by right. creating like uh, he created something called the Gene Seed, which is like a piece of his immortality, like his immortal soul that he imparted into each of them. And then the I the, remember saying God come whenever he yeah. said that. <laughs> we, okay. We've talked a lot about Probably. God come in this podcast, yeah. okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, yes. And then they're but, all scattered about. Uh, yeah, and, by the ruinous powers. So the the forces of chaos that live in the warp, the four chaos gods. There's also this 
uh, idea of Chaos United, which is just like worshiping kind of all of them uh, at the same time. And and like the if you worship Chaos United, you probably believe that they're all one god, just different like uh, like avatars or or perceptions of that one god. These like okay. Nurgle, Sinch, uh, Corn, and Slanesh. Corn um, was the one I couldn't remember. I was like trying to run through them. Blood in my for head. the blood was, god. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember it at all. <laughs> um so so th- like these are no different they all had the same backstory they all the the 20 that we know of and like when i say know of some of them we don't really have any information on and never really got to meet but we know that they've existed uh we're all on the emperor's side at the beginning until the horus heresy occurs and then some of them change sides at various rates and the horus uh, heresy is that just what is that a specific event again? I'm, I'm forgetting yeah. what happened. Yeah. yeah. So Horus Lupercal, uh, the Primarch for the Luna Wolves, essentially okay. declares the civil war on the God Emperor. So he okay. says he's no longer fit to lead. It's just a civil war. Uh, and then the the ones who followed Horus, the traitors, all end up siding with the forces of chaos against the Imperium, okay. essentially. So they're most mainly entirely all corrupted by the ruinous powers. Got okay. it. The, the Avengers invented uh, the civil wars. <laughs> yes they did <laughs> i thought you, you're wow you never even seen the movie you're really smart uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so the first of those to be truly corrupted by the ruinous powers was horus lupercal who was bestie of the emperor and uh war master of the imperium at the time but hurt so uh, bad yeah i i have a quote for you guys i think later on that will show just how much the emperor trusted horus whenever he was he betrayed him um, those the chaos gods managed to corrupt alongside Horus are in no particular order Mortarian, who we're going to talk about today, the Primarch of the Death Guard Legion, Magnus the Red, the Primarch of the Thousand Sons Legion, Fulgrim, the Primarch of the Emperor's Children Legion, Angron, Primarch of the World Eaters Legion, Lorgar Aurelian, Primarch of the Word Bearers Legion, Perturabo, Primarch of the Iron Warriors Legion, Conrad Kurz, who's Primarch of the Night Lords Region, and maybe Alpharius Omegon, Primarchs of the like the dual Primarchs of the Alpha Legion. Alpharius and Omegon, we don't really know. They're they're like super secretive and like very espionage esque. Their true allegiance is like kind of uncertain. Uh, I love that right. uh, that quote from the Bible. It always inspires me. I am the Alpharion and the Omegon. <laughs> 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 I'd much rather be a part of the world eaters than the what's that? The bearer of children or the the there's children? The, there's uh, Amber's yeah. children. There's the word Every- bearers. There's the Iron Warriors, Night Lords, Alpha Legion. Oh, dude, Alpha Legion, bro! You, ch- you fucking hang out in a Romanian prison? Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> we did an I'll, episode about the the word bearers. I know, like people are always like, "Hey, we want some female space marines. They could be the child bearers." I'm sure yeah. the the, the <laughs> Games Workshop is great with their PR, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the South, Thousand Suns one would would suck because you'd get like no attention, right? Uh, you'd be neglected. Yeah, I, I that honestly is a redhead sounds awful thousand sons you know how much spf i would need <laughs> <laughs> this magnus the red he's just severely sunburned yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean he, he is I, I i got a picture of magnus the red to share with you guys uh i can share it now but um he's very red he's, he's fully red skinned so oh, uh, he's got elephant tusks poking out of his chest too which is a interesting oh. um armor he's got, choice he's, he's like me for real for those are real. actually his nipples it's like not it's not oh. on his armor. It's like his armor is specially made to have like the two holes for his elephant tusk nipples. Okay, yeah. What's the cup size, do you think, when he's like shopping? <laughs> well, he's he's probably like 
170 feet tall so yeah. <laughs> pretty big cup size i'm gonna guess <laughs> it's more like a sock size they're really i you know what this guy he probably sleeps comfortably on his side because you have uh three back stands. yeah i guess yeah you, back would be good. yeah because if you're gonna sleep on your side like i feel like the wings would get in the way right like do you do you oh. curl the wing i would say you curl the wing under you because that'd be comfy but then the wing's gonna fall asleep right he just oh, has, yeah <laughs> He sleeps on a 110 foot inversion table with holes for his legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that is obviously a picture. I was going to share it later because that's obviously a picture of Magnus after he succumbs to the ruinous powers and, and turns traitor against the emperor. That's not him. Right, it's yeah. his traditional Primarch looking self. The Primarchs you guys will maybe remember are like 12 foot tall superhumans capable of superhuman feats of strength and endurance and uh, generally much, much. They live for millennia at a time. Yeah. Um, the God come did it to him. Um, <laughs> Was there one that we listened to about like a guy who's out in the woods and they're like, okay, we have to go hunt the biggest thing. Yeah, there was. That, now, when you say what we listened to, do you mean, was there one that I told you guys about? That, that, yeah, Jamie and I, I listened we to. Commu- yeah. I don't think we communally <laughs> yeah. listened to one, the three of us. Oh, sorry, when I say we, I meant the the not royal we, just just me and Peter. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to put I'm gonna put my foot in my, in my mouth. I think that's the... Uh, the either Lorgar, who I think we've talked about, from and the then they like at one the point they face wolves one. They fall into was, a cliff, and they're like back to back, like 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 Husko uh, and Pacha, it, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and they had to get themselves out of the cliff or something, but one would like let the other fall, and they weren't sure. I, yeah, I love how Pete laughed at that joke that we've already done on another episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. what, what was it called? It was Lorgar. Okay. I, I think it was Lemon Russ, uh, okay, not sorry. not Lorgar, because Lorgar is one of the cast primarchs. I saw not his name. Take. I was like, I'm pretty sure we've done him, but I was thinking of Lemon Russ because he's the one. The picture of him, uh, we have him on our merch store. Him with like no shirt, lounging on a throne. I think yeah. is Lemon Russ. Right. I might be mistaken. Though. I'm probably putting my foot in my mouth. I didn't research our old episodes. So <laughs> when the primarchs were scattered across the galaxy, a young seedling named Mortarian found himself washed ashore on the choking, toxic, gas-covered planet with steam engine-level technology known as Barnabas. Great name for a planet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like all the other hostile, uh, excuse me, like all the other hostile planets that the infant Primarchs found themselves stranded on, Barnabas was a, a, an unforgiving place. Not only the clouds of chlorine gas nor the acid rain, we also had a pretty intense class divide. So take a drink. Oh take no! Take a drink because Ethan's talking about class divide again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so much worse to be poor when the with the acid rain, right? Uh, uh, I mean, you joke, but like climate change on Earth is is going to affect the poor primarily, right? Like first yeah. and foremost. Oh yeah. Like, like Elon Musk with his whatever twelve private jet flights a day is not going to be impacted by climate change. Yeah, uh, or a regular Ethan. guy like me with uh, an air conditioner is just like, yeah, it's probably hot out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I took. I got an idea when I was drinking. Um, it got caught in my mustache, and the the drink started to trickle down. So, oh, what if trickle down acid yeah. rain? Yeah. 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 Ronald, <laughs> Ronald Reagan punches out of the glass of his like entombed <laughs> display case, like uh, like London in The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, so, the pre-industrial population of Barnabas was split into two groups: those who have, and those who have not. And of course. We're talking about having fantastical warp-derived psychic powers of necromancy and having not those those psychic powers. That is the worst class divide. That is actually politically the one that I care about the most. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so they're they're not humans, these necromancers. They're not really described in any way, but they're just kind of mentioned as like, um, oh, they're necromantic beings who are not uh, not human, essentially. Okay. And they're 
So the necromancer class, uh, as described in Marx's Dust Capital, were known simply <laughs> as <laughs> overlords. I wrote that one for you, Pete. Uh, they were known simply as overlords, and they ruled with a bony fist over the humans, forced to eke out an existence in the limited <laughs> valleys of the planet, not choked with poisonous gas. So the, oh. the gas rises, and so the humans are all settled into these valleys uh, where they, they essentially live. The overlords are kind of known for just like descending into towns, killing a bunch of people, and then using their corpses for their, their bone armies. Well, yeah. I got to say, right. man, the poison gas rises to the top, and they probably deserve to be up there. Uh, just, <laughs> <Yeah>. just because <laughs> it's just natural, man. It's an invisible hand of economics. Yeah. It's trickle yeah. up. It's trickle <laughs> up poison gas. <laughs> <laughs> It's the uh, invisible hand of the toxic weather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those are the poisonous jet stream. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, uh-huh. we can trust in that. I mean, Ronald Reagan was full of a lot of hot air. Might be onto yeah. something. Uh, <laughs> so naturally, when a psychic space boy crash lands on the planet, the overlords take notice. Uh, Mortarian's unconscious body was found among the corpses on a battlefield. Uh, the conflict having been fought between two separate overlords, uh, which was relatively normal. So the overlords would fight with each other. Uh, there's like an over overlord, the high overlord called uh, Nakare of Barbarus. It's also it's not Barnabas, it's Barbarus. I kept saying I kept writing Barnabas. I was like, I don't think okay. that's the name of it. It's Barbarus. Barbarus. That's which the is name a of, much better, much better name. That's the name of uh, Clavicus Vile's dog, isn't it? Let me let me double check. I think that. so. I, I did. I, I just also, did a Clavicus Vile on Somerset this weekend, so I'm pretty sure it's Barbarus. Yeah, he's also one of the yeah. allies in uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Barnabas. Nice. You get to meet him again in ESO, guys. So okay, look forward to it. Oh, I do. Yay. Yeah. Bar- Barbus. Barbus is the hound of clan. Barbus. Barbus. Oh, and Barbarus Bar- is the place that we're at with the Primarchs. Yeah. Or well, one well, well, this one Primarch can. Bar- Barbarus. Barbarus. Uh, so the high, the high overlord, Nakare, or Nakare, I don't know, Nakare of Bar- Barbarus, finds this wailing child where a normal child would have, quote, suffocated uh, under all the corpses and took him in <laughs> with the intention of creating an heir. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a mount, he's got a, a fortress up in the, the toxic clouds. He needs some air. Am I right? Yeah. Hey, I, I was going to do it if you didn't. So respect, <laughs> brother. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the lore boys where we race, race to be the first one to tell the same shitty joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the quickest to the lowest hanging fruit yeah, yeah, yeah that's, exactly that's, yeah. That's us yeah. uh, and i'm the tallest uh so <laughs> <laughs> so nakar uh named him mortarian or child of death in the local barbarian dialect of high gothic okay um, mortarian was kept in the top of the tower where the toxic cloud pushed the limits of his immortality uh he's got uh, you guys will see throughout the episode he's got a lot of fiona from shrek vibes it's uh, green from all the poison, right? He's got a green uh, motif. I can okay. I can give you guys a picture of what he looks like uh, when he becomes full. Uh, what if it's just exactly Fiona? He said. I wish I thought of it. First. I wish I'd found that low, low hanging fruit first, but I'm too excited by the cool fantasy art. You know, no, I've seen cool. the box at the store back when I was buying Warhammer. So he is yeah. really really cool uh, as far as like. Yeah, he's well. We'll get into like where he where he falls, but a lot of green aesthetics, a lot of poison cloud aesthetics to him. Glasses. Yeah. He's got oh, big this, moth wings. This guy, this guy ain't got no glasses. Wait, two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Martarians kept at the top of this tower. Um, the toxic clouds pushed the limits of even of his immortality. Uh, Overlord Nakare moved his own fortress to the tallest peak on Barbarus, where not even Mortarian could follow. So his like his adoptive dad is like, cool. Here's your tower. Uh, it's full of a almost lethal dose of argon at all times. Uh, I'm going up to Mount Argon to chill out where you can't isn't, come. Isn't that what's in light bulbs? 
I don't Ar- know. It's Ar- it's I think it is. I think it's Tom only, only when you only when you turn them off because then it's light argon. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's tungsten uh, filament argon uh, gas. But anyways, um, so Nakar trains Mortarian. Despite all the teachings of, of uh, necromancy they learned, Mortarian couldn't help but wonder about the pitiful creatures of the valleys who were used as pre-corpses for their necromantic overlords. That's a um, great. Uh, that is a very like great way that the elites would sell. Uh, killing you to use your skeleton in their uh, like <laughs> ever expanding army of the undead it's like no 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 you're not you're you're not human fodder you're you're pre-corpses and it's exactly. like yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you're, that you're not alive. so many people you're not alive you're a pre-corpse exactly you just get whatever their equivalent on this planet of cnn to just repeat yeah. pre-corpses over and over again exactly. and all the boomers in the valley would For, be like 49, no 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 49 of the voters would fucking vote for them you know <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> with diablo being popular right now you know all the, the you know the feels when you're a necromancer and you just want to fight a boss and there's no corpses for your army of the undead and you have to take a teleporter to a bunch of pre corpses and then farm your corpses and go yeah. all the way back to them it's exactly. that's why you gotta have pre corpses on hand you know? so, you gotta have so the toxic cloud did earn it he's working yeah. hard as he exactly yeah. um eventually mortarian's curiosity gets the better of him and his compassionate nature coupled with his concern for the oppressed denizens of the valleys clash with the overlord's desires to maintain control and exploit the weaker inhabitants for their own gain. Mortarian broke out of his father's tower, saved by an ogre and a donkey, uh, and descended to a... <laughs> his long blonde hair, he just slid himself down. <laughs> yeah. uh, he descends to a nearby valley to meet the people there. Once through the poisonous mist, Mortarian realizes the people living in the valleys were human, just like him. Uh, and he swore to free them from the yoke of alien necromancers. So again, the... I didn't see descriptions of the necromancers anywhere, but they weren't human. So it's like your my step my stepdad is an alien is would be the title of that like Goosebumps book or something, right? Right. Um, <laughs> that R. L. Stein novel. Um, you know, whenever they um, do the Wheel of Fortune, and they're like, "We'll give you these letters on the puzzle for R. Like, the, oh yeah, yeah, it's almost R. L. Stein. Yeah. You ever look at it that way? <laughs> I've never looked at it that way, admittedly. <laughs> <laughs> and book titles. My stepdad is an alien. That's it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, my stepdad is a bullion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it. Um, so Martarian goes to these, uh, goes to play Wheel of Fortune with the townspeople living in the valley. Pat Sajak, Vanna White are suspicious of him. Uh, they're they're <laughs> reluctant to let him in because they're like, hey, like we're just trying to eke out a very meager existence here under these like clouds of sulfuric acid, and like hope the necromantic aliens don't come down and use our pre corpses. Um, so naturally, they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty skeptical. Uh, Pale boy Martarian faces faces the challenge of gaining their trust. Right, his opportunity to prove himself arises when creatures under the control of another warlord. Descend upon the village. Uh oh. Witnessing the villagers' uh, vulnerability, Mortarian fearlessly enters the battle, wielding a massive harvesting scythe. That that becomes his uh, his like iconic weapon. Is he has a scythe in the picture I okay. sent you guys? You'll see he has like his <laughs> signature scythe. It's like um, that guy who had used the sword in World War II or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, it's like it or, seems like you could use sword a gun. longbow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, because they're like they're like pre-industrial technology on this. So the the highest level of technology on Poison Gas Planet on Barbarus is is pointy stick. 
Oh, there right. is no guns in the Warhammer universe? There is. So not on this planet. Because again, like uh, there was the Dark Ages and this planet was planet was like set back and they haven't right. been contacted again by the space people. Yeah. So he's no guns yet. Um, <laughs> but there's another neighboring planet that never invented the scythe and they're just yeah. like mowing down, down their, their <laughs> mowing down their wheat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just shoots out like big vertical blades like a saw gun yeah, it's like, or, or it's like the dead space saw blade gun the every, every every fucking third field they harvest just ends up like catching fire and burning <laughs> down <laughs> i saw a guy today on reddit he was doing um um using a well a laser welder to cut his bananas down from his tree and it was just basically a laser <laughs> and it would just like light it on fire around and it would knock down the leaves or whatever so seems wildly inefficient no, it's, it, it's not good it's not a good way to do it but he's like could i do it and he's oh, yeah. like after a minute i can cut through a leaf so. for the content yeah and yeah. He, he doused That's, all the things with like, water first so they wouldn't the, burn down the end goal of captcha is to identify like banana stems so so that we can train <laughs> yes. robots to cut the bananas off the trees for us with their lasers <laughs> yeah so mortarian charges this you know enters the battle against this uh warlords this overlords uh forces the overlord's there He's like, what the fuck? This this isn't supposed to happen. You guys are supposed to just be pre-corpses. Yeah. Uh, he realized that Martarian poses a threat. He's like, I'm out of here. Back it back into the fart clouds for me. Uh, <laughs> Mort- Mortarian, the super, superhuman resilience, was not about to be deterred by some farts, right? Yeah. Um, having shown... Uh, so he, he chases him, cuts him down, shows his worth to the people of the village. Mortarian, suddenly welcome with open arms be like oh gee why didn't you tell us you were 12 foot tall and wield a massive and immortal and are capable and immortal and capable of entering the poison clouds and capable of killing an entire uh, like an overlord's entire bone army well then you say uh, so <laughs> you know i didn't think you'd believe me but now yeah. that you say it <laughs> it didn't come up honestly yeah. <laughs> i thought my I had, skills spoke for themselves <laughs> i had a way simpler lie thought up i figured you people would believe <laughs> Um, so Martarian seizes the chance to train the villagers in the ways of warfare, transforming these scattered settlements into fortified strongholds. Uh, the news of Mortarian's prowess spread, uh, attracting representatives from other villages who sought to learn from him. Uh, he travels around, he's imparting his knowledge, he's constructing defenses, he's safeguarding people, going to battles with various overlords. He trains <laughs> talented humans in the ways of war. He enlists the, the aid of blacksmiths, crafts, and artificers to create specialized armor capable of withstanding the toxic fog permeating the upper atmospheres where the overlords hid. Oh, like a bunch uh, of like diving suits, like a bunch yeah. of like, steampunk diving suits fighting a bone army is really cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that that vision of him walking through, making sure everyone's ready too. Like some guys yeah. with his sword, and he walks, he like tips his elbow up a bit, like yeah. goes and like helps fasten someone's like armor from behind. He's just like walking down the hallway, just helping everyone just a little bit. It's- but he's also like twelve feet tall, so he's like very gingerly doing it. <laughs> oh yeah, two fingers to fix the guy's stance, he's to, like right? snaps one guy's neck, trying to like readjust his helmet, like <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, oh. <laughs> trying to fix his collar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the necromancers weakened his spine. Um, yeah. <laughs> there are ways of bone magic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they create like like diving suits, like diving bells or whatever to to traverse the mist, gas masks, whatever you want to call them. Um, and now they're now they're taking the fight to the overlords. Right now they're going to to the overlords' fortresses up in these mountain fastness fastnesses. Big daddy. Never thought ne- they'd. Sorry. Big dad. Big daddies versus necromancers. That'd exactly. Cool time, man. Yeah. Like the, the overlords didn't have a plan. It's just like, well, no, we raised the dead in front of them once. That terrified them into submission. But now we have some guy to deal with. Like our bone army is—they don't even have weapons. 
<laughs> they just got other bones that they swing around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Every time they swing around their left arm, yeah, yeah. Uh, they can be re- resurrected over and over. I, I don't know. I, I'd still put some money on the on the neck. Um, what are those guys? They're on Necrons. They're Necromancers. Necromancers. Yeah, just, they don't, they don't just, have a title. Regular old Necromancers. Okay. Um, with each battle fought in the Treacherous Mist, Mortarian and his Death Guard learn to refine the armor and adapt themselves to overcome the increasingly poisonous challenges they face. So the higher up they go, it, it seems like it's implied, uh, and I didn't, I, you know, I didn't read the novels that, that this is from. So uh, it seems to implied in like the research that I did that like there's a hierarchy of like the higher your tower, you know, as a as an overlord, the more powerful and important you are. So they're kind of like we're literally working their way up that that food chain. And it gets so. more and more poisonous. You ever been in a lake? And you swim down, and there's like a clear line of like it gets way colder when you pass yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, yeah the hot water layer on top. That's like the air that we're in, and you're going into the way cold whenever exactly. the higher up we're going. Yeah. The way toxic, exactly. The way toxic, yeah. I like to think that the uh, the armor they've been inventing is like the still suit from Dune, but instead of retaining every drop of water, it's just like it's got the tube going into your nose. It just returned it like retains every molecule of fart gas so you can build up an immunity to the person's <laughs> cloud. <laughs> um, eventually, only one peak remains. Uh, oh. The dwelling place of Mortarian's adoptive father and the final obstacle in their quest for absolute control over the poisonous heights. Despite being raised by the ruthless necromancer, high overlord Nakare, Mortarian couldn't bring himself to attack his adoptive father, right? Despite seeing, you know, how, how vicious he was, how, uh, you know, cruel he was to, to the people that he now serves he's still like ah but he is the only father i've ever known um he he heeds the advice of one of his most trusted soldiers callus typhon who will come back uh who cautions him against premature action uh says like no you know we can we can take our time with this you know he's the last overlord left we've kind of got him cornered he's not too much of a threat uh so mortarian is like okay i'll spend some time some years whatever Focusing on the impending confrontation, and if I have to fight him eventually, I, I will fight him, right? Returning to the... Vi- so they had kind of been approaching, or they'd been, like, fought another battle somewhere. They returned to the village, and uh, he's like... <laughs> As he walks away from his dad, just, like, walks away, turns around, one one of those, you know? Oh, yeah. just, <laughs> like, 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 cr- like, crank the arm back, like, <laughs> you're gonna punch him, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, you're all right for now. Knock yeah. out your bony ass. Yeah. <laughs> um... So they return to the village, but he's pretty quickly like, like upset because he discovers that his people were buzzing with talk about a stranger who promised salvation for the inhabitants of Barbarous. There's a new, a new guy in town who's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking save you from all the overlords. No problem. Intrigued and protective of his people, Mortarian confronts the stranger, asserting that his village needed no outside assistance. The stranger acknowledged Mortarian's struggles and proposed a challenge. If Mortarian could defeat the high overlord Nakare, the stranger would depart. But if Mortarian failed, he would pledge allegiance to the stranger. It, if you guys remember previous episodes, we know who this is. It's the em- emperor of mankind. This is okay, this yeah. is his mo. Is he goes to the the planets where his children are and challenges them to a feat, essentially to prove themselves. Right. And then he, if they succeed, he'll. Uh, they almost inevitably fail in their in their challenges, and that's always the the other side of it. Is like cool if you fail, you pledge allegiance to me for all time. I guess because this is pre-heresy, in my head, I was like, I wonder if this is a twist on the uh, mysterious god emperor stranger comes into town, and it would be Nurgle in this case, like kind of stealing from the same playbook. No, no, but it's funny you mentioned Nurgle. So um, 
the the emperor of mankind says like hey like go fight your your dad and you know if you win cool uh i'll i'll leave uh, and if you lose then you gotta you gotta work for me basically right? Right. right i don't remember what happens if they win do they get to find out that oh i'm your dad or whatever like do they get to have that nice moment or does he just leave forever he would just leave forever but it never happens he's also like prescient the emperor of mankind he can uh, like see the future so like he knows what, how things are going to shake out basically okay um so he only offers challenges that he knows people will fail uh, um so despite objections from his loyal death guard mortarian embarked alone on a perilous journey to face the last necromancer on barbarous the air surrounding the overlord's fortress was so toxic that not even mortarian's armor could resist it and it begins to peel off of him uh so yeah. undeterred He's bellowing challenges to Nakair, driven by the desire to prove himself to this enigmatic stranger. He doesn't know this Emperor yet. Unfortunately, his challenges weren't answered as Nakair realized, like, the idiot's just going to poison himself to death. So <laughs> I'm not going to open the door. Uh, so Mortarian, his armor cracks open eventually. Uh, all this poison gas gets in. It overwhelms even his, his immortality. He collapses when a voice resonates within his mind. The voice spoke of Mortarian's death of how he and his death guard were doomed to fail should he not submit. He didn't know it at the time, but this was the voice of Papa Nurgle speaking, okay. speaking sweet nothings into, into his thoughts. Okay. Um, wake up, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, wake, wake up, samurai. We got a village to plague. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Mortarian, staring down his own death as Nakar finally descends uh, the fortress to deliver the killing blow while taunting him. Uh, sees the stranger intervene, interposing himself between Mortarian and the High Overlord. Uh, he disp- dispatches Nakair with a single stroke of his flaming sword. Uh, in the wake of the confrontation, Mortarian fulfilled his pledge to- of fealty to the Emperor of Mankind. So he did submit as he said he would. Okay, cool. The God Emperor bestowed upon his newest primary command of the 14th Space Marine Legion, who were known at the time as the Dusk Raiders. Despite the gifts, buried within Mortarian's heart was a festering grudge, as the Emperor's in- intervention had denied him the final vengeance he had sought, Feeling a deep-seated and slow-burning resentment, uh, and in the back, me up there to die, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, more like if you never sent me up there, challenged me, like I would have done it in my own time. I would have, you know, he was my adoptive father, and okay. so like I should have been the one to do it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, putting one drop yeah. of poisonous atmospheric gas in my cereal every morning to build up an immunity. <laughs> I just <laughs> needed five thousand more years. Yeah, exactly. Dad, I, ha- I asked you to help me with my math homework, not write the answers down. I could have done it myself. Yeah, now, I, yeah I'm, not, I'm not prepared for my test. And, well, yeah. this is like his his dad showed up at school and killed the teacher. And was like, <laughs> yeah. I teach you math now. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't finish your math homework, uh, if you don't get 100 percent on your math test, then you got to be homeschooled. That's the agreement. Yeah. Oh no, I hate. That. And if if you do get 100 percent on your math test, I'll just leave. I'll leave. No problem. Yeah. Uh, so he's got the, he's got this deep seated grudge kind of burning in him, uh, and in the back of his mind, the echoes of a voice still linger. But I'll teach you fractions. No God. <laughs> More on that after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Joining the Emperor's legions, Mortarian, true to his oath, humbled himself before his newfound father, bearing the scars, both physical and mental, of his defiant acts on Barbarous. Clad in a grim and spectral robe, wielding the ominous black scythe that once belonged to his nightmarish foster father, Mortarian appeared before the Terranborn Dusk Raiders. To them, he resembled an ancient ghostly figure akin to the Grim Reaper himself. That's very cool. That is really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's like they're the so basically, in a you know, he he speaks to them in a harsh whisper. Uh, They all hear. You are my unbroken blades. You are the death guard. By your hand, justice shall be served and doom shall befall a thousand worlds. Wow. So he's like a chill, a chill guy. He's like, <laughs> you know, like I yeah. said, he's into crochet. I mean, if, if it wasn't for the whisper directly into the back of your mind, it'd be different. Because if he was kind of like a more of like a chill dude, like a surfer, surfer bro, he's like, yeah, thousand worlds will die by your hand. He, he bro, would be a cool uh, guy. Bro, you're, you're like my unbroken blades, guys. You're the yeah. death guard, you know, <laughs> by, by your hand. Justice will be served, bro. Doom shall befall a thousand worlds. Norley! <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> so that thus was the legion's name changed from Death Raiders to um, Death Guard, and Mortarian's words were etched above the airlock door of the Battle Barge Reaper's scythe, immortalizing immortalizing the transformative moment. The Dust Raiders ceased to exist; their name replaced by one that instilled fear within the hearts of mankind's enemies, forever recorded in the annals of history. That's not how you say it. <laughs> that uh, Jamie, I beg to differ. That's how I say it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's firstery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse, excuse me. The annals of history. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so, before Martarian's arrival, the 14th Legion had predominantly comp- comprised of Terranborn Astartes. However, with Mortarian's inclusion, the Legion's neophytes were primarily sourced from the feral world of Barbarus. So, oh, his old his old crew, obviously. Exactly, and this this was a pretty common thing with a lot of the Primarchs. Where they're like, yeah, I'm going to recruit the people that I grew up with because I they've proven themselves in battle with me, so I'm going to going to take them on. Uh, Mortarian was like per- very particular about it, but he's kind of taking over this very uh, you know he's he's a country mouse and he's got an army of city mice now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bit of culture clash between them uh, over over the years. The the shift in recruitment alters their cultures and traditions uh, as the Great Crusade neared its end in the early 31st millennium. Tensions grew between the barbarous born Astartes and the remaining Terran minority who clung to the Dusk Raiders' ancient martial customs from Old Terra. Under Mortarian's guidance, the renamed 14th Legion dedicated itself wholeheartedly to the Great Crusade. Relentlessly, they fought with their Primarch's watchful gaze upon them, pursuing the liberation of mankind with an unparalleled fervor. Their unyielding fleet traversed the cold void, perpetually engaged in campaigns, resupplying on the move, never pausing except to wage war. The Death Guard did not concern themselves with garrisons or constructions. They existed solely to dismantle and annihilate. They are, uh, they are a spear tip in that they are just like, give, a, give me something to kill. Yeah. Um, okay. 
which I think is a voice line from a, a ghost <laughs> in Starcraft 2. Give me something to kill. Yeah, it's also a voice line of um, a very good student uh, known as David Lee Roth, who says, give me something to write on, baby, because he wants to write with a pen. Yeah. Give me give me something to kill on, baby. <laughs> uh, he was, a thousand he was, worlds shall feel our David Lee Roth. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, hey, David Lee Roth was hot for teacher, so was the emperor, the god emperor of mankind. Hell yeah. Teacher, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start up your spaceship and the, yeah. the, the, the rumble, it just sounds like the drums at the beginning. <laughs> what do you oh, think the emperor's going to look like this year? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. uh so martarian's influence molded the death guards creeds and practices like i said seamlessly integrating with their existing beliefs and doctrines gradually refining and pushing them to extremes central to their principles was martarian's unwavering conviction that humanity should be freed from oppression and terror noble lofty ideals you love to see it right Uh 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 surely he would never turn out to be a fascist um, <laughs> don't call don't, don't call uh don't call me a fascist surely i mean don't i'm a fascist uh, and don't call me surely <laughs> in mortarian's eyes true liberation could only be achieved by eradicating those who sought to enslave and devour humanity this was a war that knew no bounds merciless unrestrained and unrelenting Victory in the battle for humanity's future required enduring any hardship, no matter how harrowing, and embracing any savage act to secure triumph. Mortarian justified any means in the pursuit of a single end, the liberation of humanity as defined by his creed. Wow. Cool. Yeah. All of, of like almost every uh, political movement that we talk about. The, the by any means necessary guy is not the guy you want to follow. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I say like, sure hope he doesn't turn out to be a fascist. They're all fucking fascists. The people who follow the emperor are fascists. Like, it's, yeah, they have an emperor yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's They're, why they call this world grim dank because uh, fascism is dank or something, right? Something, something. Yeah. something. I don't think <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, That's why they not. call me ho. That's why they call me sexy because fascism is dank. James Miller, <laughs> yeah. twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll show up. I know. On okay. uh, our out of context quotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mortarian's unyielding perseverance got him quickly noticed by the Warmaster, and the Death Guard would often find themselves campaigning alongside Horus and his Luna Wolves. Um, the Death Guard, under Mortarian's command, would exhaust and weaken the enemy, setting the stage for the decisive strikes of the Luna Wolves. This tactical synergy proved remarkably successful, forging a deep bond between Mortarian and Horus. You know, cool. take a look. At, take a look at the friends somebody keeps if you want to know. <laughs> want to know who they are, right? <laughs> Yeah, I said um, fascism is, is dank, so look at my friends. Don't look at me. <laughs> I, uh, we're more co-hosts than friends, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> Colleague. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is like a coworker relationship, honestly. Jamie's like always like at, at the break room at the Lore Boys at HQ. Is always like, you guys want to like do something after work? Me and Peter are always busy. Like it's so it's so awkward. Uh, it sounds like trying to get this podcast together am i right pete's got dinner <laughs> ethan's got a baby little old james just flexible and ready just to see his friends little old james oh, is flexible and ready is a great yeah that's good <laughs> <laughs> it's jamie jamie on vacation in poland from on vacation from the podcast of course uh right. just like still still like calling into work just to hear his co-workers voices <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah calling it absent just to hang up on the hr lady yeah <laughs> 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 I just rewatched Happiness and what's his name? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. He does a lot of calling people and listening to their voices, but it's a, it's a lot creepier. 
Sounds it's, creepy. Yeah, his song, his uh, quote is in the Life Runner song. You're a black hole. You are fucking oh. nothing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so a somber and resolute Primarch, Mortarian's distinctive visage was incomplete without his breath apparatus and scythe. So he still still wears the breathing apparatus uh, that they kind of is it decorative for. at this point, or does he need it now because he's like used to? Okay. I, I think Lorboy's canon. I'm gonna say like his lungs were ruined by okay. by almost dying on toxic fart. Yeah. Uh, so he's got a sleep apnea machine all the time now. Twenty four seven. Yeah. Yeah. He's got okay. a sleep apnea machine and he's got a wake apnea machine. Uh, oh man, <laughs> I got wake I apnea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll say it. When I get really into video games and I forget where my tongue is in my mouth, I'll sometimes make a little snoring noise. And I've been called out on Discord, like Yoni, uh, your mic. Because uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just really in my rotation, you know, yeah. full focus. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah. many regard this pale and hairless figure as an anomaly, causing him to remain aloof from most of his fellow Primarchs, with the notable exceptions of Horus, the Warmaster, and Conrad Kurz, the enigmatic leader of the Night Lords Legion, who will also fall to uh, to the Chaos Gods. Okay. Uh, I lost my place. Concerned. I love the name Conrad. Conrad's not bad. Comrade Kurz. It's like Kurz, but with a, with a Z. Or a Z for the Americans listening. Um, so c- concerns rise among certain Primarchs, such as Rabuti Gulliman, who oh, harbors that. apprehensions that Mortarian's loyalty leaned more towards Horus than the Emperor. Shocking. Nonetheless, during that era, the Emperor himself maintained that, quote, allegiance to Horus automatically implies allegiance to himself. So Uh-oh. Emperor's not uh, Emperor's not weird. Like I said, they're besties. Uh, yeah. that's, the, that's the quote for you guys to show just how how besties they are. <laughs> um, and again, we've talked about the Horus Heresy. I'll, I'll do another set of episodes on it if you guys want. But just just to show, like it was quite the betrayal. Yeah. Um, the relentless passage of time witnesses the Death Guard undergo a profound metamorphosis, shedding its Terran origins and embracing the austere principles of Barbarus's brutal warfare. Mortarian, with unwavering conviction, strips away the Legion's previous adornments and symbols, leaving behind a somber aesthetic marked by the jade-hued re- jade imprints reminiscent of the corro- corrosive-resistant mud found on the armor of Barbarus's warriors. So that's like, okay. their look is fully, at this point, like the, the people he fought with on Barbarus. Yeah, the, they're, they're a home team at this point, completely. There's exactly. no, uh, yeah. You can hide from the Terminator that way, or the Predator that way. The Predator, too, the exactly. Predator yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the the Terminator was the one hiding from the Predator, right? But it That's wasn't actually actions. the Terminator. But it would. It, no, would. it was. Okay. If you if you play a character <laughs> in a movie and you play and you're an actor in another movie, you're always all the characters that you've played. So uh, anytime Arnold Schwarzenegger's in a movie, like in Twins with Danny DeVito, he was also the T1000 in that movie. Oh, oh, and in Junior, when he's pregnant, he's a pregnant metal skeleton. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and when Jake Gyllenhaal becomes uh, the guy at night who goes around and solves crime, it's really because he's a gay cowboy and he's trying to kiss all the criminals on the mountain. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. And he's also he's also the guy who uh, jerked off in the therapist's office when he was hypnotized. I don't remember that movie. Oh, vigilante. Huh? I, doesn't he Night, like Nightcrawler? He, right. Nightcrawler. Oh, okay. yeah. He's not a vigilante. He solves crimes. He's like a journalist or something. I haven't seen it. But. He gets there first, then he takes the pictures first, and then he sells the pictures. He oh, just, he's, a, yeah. he's a paparazzo. Yeah, but then I'm like happy. he starts I'm to paparazzo. see things and then like messes with the the, the crime, crime scenes and stuff. But anyways, 
go gotcha. it's, it is a good movie and eventually watch. probably becomes suspect numero uno yeah, yeah because I he's gay it, i had to guess <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeehaw partner yeah uh, <laughs> The structured hierarchy inherited from older war masters dissolves under Mortarian's disdain for witchcraft specifically, hmm. resulting in the disbandment of the legion's librarius. His distaste for distaste for paganism comes from these sinister practices once wielded by the enigmatic masters of death on Barbarus. So he's like, I don't like witches because there was witches on my my home earth and they were bad. Right. So he's like, no more witches in our uh in my legion and the legion used to like a lot of their tactics were built around these psychers uh who would uh utilize warp energies to use magic or cast spells to right. psych out their opponents exactly exactly with the the fake punch like you did <laughs> yeah, exactly. Witch, witchcraft <laughs> uh, the power of the warp to make their little brothers flinch <laughs> <laughs> Mortarian's indomitable will permeated every aspect of the Legion's transformation, from revising tactical doctrines and equipment acquisition to meddling in the selection of recruits and implementing changes within the Apothecarian. He left an indelible mark on his Legion's evolution. Despite murmurs suggesting that the euthanization or relocation of the remaining inhabitants of Barbados for their own well-being, Mortarian was, would never have let that happen, right? He, he always opposed it. So there was like talk for a while about like, Hey, you know, these barbarous people, like, they're so sickly. They're so pathetic and pale. Like, should we just, should we just put them down? Uh, <laughs> obviously, Mortarian is pretty against that. What if we sent that entire planet to a nice farm upstairs? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Try explaining that to your seven year old kid, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they cried about the genocide at home, but they're fine now that we're here at the planet. Mommy, <laughs> can I play with Bobois today? Oh, honey. <laughs> Barbers had to go upstate. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, Barbus is a dog, too, yes. Yeah. Very good, yeah. very good. So, to Mortarian, the planet Barbers now belong to his people, a testament to their resilience and the sacrifices made across generations. The hardiest sons of Barbarus were elevated to the ranks of the new Death Guard. Uh, the pure humans had, who had fought alongside, Marta alongside Mortarian against Barbarus's tyrants ascended to positions of power, forming a feared ruling class on the planet of Barbarus. Uh, so the class divide remains. Uh, something, something, fascism. <laughs> Some willingly underwent partial or complete transformation into the Legion's Astartes. Uh, so they were given the, the gift of the Gene Seed. Uh, they're given the gift of God come undeterred by the risk associated with the late induction driven by their unwavering loyalty to Mortarian. So you guys will maybe remember they usually give it to children to grow into uh, into super soldiers, but they, right, you can yeah. give it to adults. Some adults just die from it, though. You see, like when Astartes, he's got braces. You're just like, oh, you grew up poor. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, different late in life. <laughs> Big old hick. He's got like straw hat. He's like he's snaggly teeth, like 12 foot tall, like super lanky. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's got the given the gift of the gene teeth it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. let's straighten those right out yeah. <laughs> there's a, a, a space dream with like a straw hat and a pitchfork it's like yeah. <laughs> well it's, it's farm equipment right he's got the yeah. scythe second in command exactly. gets the pitchfork the pitchfork yeah exactly garden shears that guy too yeah. <laughs> or it's like american gothic that the like the American God yeah, yeah. painting of the old couple <laughs> just to a start he's like mortarian <laughs> with his gas mask <laughs> <laughs> What's that painting what? called? American Gothic. American, American Gothic. Okay, you said okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barbarous itself becomes a breeding ground for the Death Guard, churning out new recruits to replenish the ranks of the Legion. 
External sources of recruitment dwindle, save for dire circumstances where battlefield losses reach critical levels. Mortarian reluctantly allows non-barbaran recruits to bolster the Legion's strength. The remarkable resilience of Barbaros' feral population proves invaluable over time. The fact that they grew up under harsh circumstances, they, they got, you know, they're street smart, basically. Okay. Um, <laughs> street smart country mice. The Legion's, <laughs> the Legion's gene seed magnifies their natural resistance to contagions and toxins to unprecedented levels. So uh, they, they're poison-resisting guys. You got good poison well, They can start taking over some of the presumably empty necromancer towers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can finally move out of this one-horse valley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can move to a tower by itself in the middle of the mountains in the big old fart cloud. Move yeah. out of the small town, get, yeah. to, get to your bone castle. <laughs> <laughs> As fresh recruits poured in from Barbarus, the Terran contingent within the Legion gradually diminishes further, though their combat experience and unwavering resolve remained a formidable force in the Legion's ranks, despite playing a secondary role in Mortarian's eyes. Now, Mortarian's distaste for sorcery would have broader implications than just within the ranks of his own Death Guard. The Council of Nikea, Nikea, N I K A E A, held. Yeah, that sounds right. Nikea? Right, their spaceship is just a giant snake that comes and lands in the floor. Oh, yeah. Nokia. Yeah. So the Council of Nikea, held during the Great Crusade in, in the Warhammer universe, was a gathering organized by the Emperor of Mankind to evaluate the potential risks and benefits of psychic powers for humanity and the growing Imperium of Man. <laughs> the Council <laughs> itself prominently featured the... They work in, like, loss prevention for psychic abilities. Like, they're like, yeah, go test it, but, like, if it's gonna fuck us up, like, yeah. forget us with that shit you know yeah. exactly well i think i think there was like a growing understanding of like this was tied to the warp and they're they've been fighting like chaos monsters over time right and they're like right. oh you know like is it derived from the same thing is it is it evil psychic powers will just like devour a person and like destroy their soul if used like too much too right so like uh, right, yeah. there's there's like costs to it okay the council itself prominently features the primarch magnus the red defending the use of sorcery while other Primarchs, in particular Mortarian, denounced its use. I have a, okay. uh, a, a quote for you guys from Magnus the Red, as recorded during the Council of Nikea. He was, he is like, by far, he's like the witch. He's like the, the sorcery Primarch. He like, he loves it. His legion uses it to like extreme effect. And like, he's all in on witchcraft and wizardry. Yeah, I love the Thousand Suns figurines as well. They're so cool. Yeah, okay, I got the quote. I could not recommend Reign of Terror enough. It's a Diablo 2 mod running on Grim Dawn and by far the best Diablo game I've ever played. That's what I got from Magnus the Red. Oh, okay. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's Magnus the Pink. That's Magnusy the Pink, okay? Oh, yeah, sorry. He's Magnus the Rad at at time of recording, I guess. (laughs) Fucking, well, dude, bro. That is so sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> how, did he, how did he preempt our joke here? Yeah. Uh, so here's a quote. Many have spoken of the evils of the psyker, the sorcerer, and the witch. That the art is intrinsically wrong simply because it can be used to perform terrible deeds. I say that one must instead consider that this evil is a projection of the fears of the many who do not understand the possibilities that await mankind if we can tame the dangers of this art that it is this multitude of lesser sins that is the real issue for this council. Um, so just, just to illustrate how like, he's like, nah, it's not like the, you know, 
guns don't kill people. People kill people. Yeah, it's the motion well, of the ocean argument, right? Yeah. Uh, unlike others, and maybe maybe this is like a more a better a better comparison would be like I don't know when Edison was racing to popularize electricity. You know, like electricity doesn't kill people; faulty sockets do. Yeah. Uh, people you know vivisecting frogs and making them dance making the corpses <laughs> dance afterwards <laughs> magnus motions to I- introduce like the plastic cap to go over the warp so you can't like jam a fork in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's vivisect i know uh dissect bisect um, i'm not sure i think vivis. it's just open open up the practice like of performing people... operations on live animals They're oh live, you gotta be still alive oh that's the vivid that's the old Italian oh, for okay. life. Yeah, I'm referencing. There's there's some guy who used to make like corp like when electricity was first a thing. He was like a traveling like. Uh, behold, he would like bring out a corpse and like make it dance with electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah, they came to our our schools too, and they showed us how potatoes would run a light bulb. Yeah, uh, they made they, the, they made the corpses dance. <laughs> yeah, made the corpses dance. And I want to say he blew up a pickle. Yeah, you remember? Don't be a silly dill. 120 volts can kill. He would say. I do not remember that at all. Oh like, God, yeah. yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking. It's like he's like you're a the only person on earth who could remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you remembered the pickle. You're halfway there. I do, living on a prayer, my guy. Yeah. Unlike, <laughs> unlike others who spoke against Magnus Magnus and the use of uh, psychic abilities without substantial evidence or argument, Mortarian's intervention was concise, detached, and impactful. He drew from personal experiences. Mortarian passionately condemned sorcery, offering a dire warning regarding its usage by the emperor's servants. His straightforward and forceful testimony left a lasting impression on the emperor, compelling Magnus to vigorously defend psychic abilities more vehemently than he had initially intended. So Magnus ends up like having egg on his face and being like the guy like, no, it's totally cool. It's fine. (laughs) It's fucking fine. Um, uh, David Blade put my watch through a window and onto another guy's wrist while he was eating dinner. And I can't have this shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Mortarian found satisfaction in the Emperor's subsequent decree, which outlaws sorcery entirely and led to the disbandment of the Space Marines Legion's Librarius divisions. The librarians were integrated back into the ranks of the line of Stardis, bound by an oath to never again wield their powers. Okay. So ma- John- magic is against the law. David Blaine actually, you know what, is a good example for why magic might should be against the law. Because he was trying to do a cool trick where someone would shoot a bullet and he would like catch it in this like retainer he had in his mouth. Here. But it slipped and he just got shot in the face. David <laughs> 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 Blaine? Yeah. And then he just went, he taught himself to do it again and he did it again and did it successfully. Okay. Just like a... Like not he a real die. bullet, right? Yeah. Well, he he got shot in the face. It wasn't like a a fun woohoo accident. Accident, and you just go home after that. Like it. Anyways, Sorry, I think so it, it's now. less it's less interesting to fact check me than it is just to <laughs> laugh and move on. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking up the story more than anything. I was like, yeah. you shoot yourself in the face. I don't remember ever seeing this. Uh, um, I heard it on another podcast. So don't even fact check me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. When Warmaster Horus turned on the Emperor, inciting a civil war that spanned the galaxy, all the Primarchs were forced to choose sides. Horus, a cutting manipulator, exploited Mortarian's animosity towards their gene father. He revealed to him that the Emperor had delved into the powers of the warp to create the Primarchs, much like Nicaeus sorceress practices on Barbarus. Mortarian still felt the slight from all those years ago when the Emperor had stolen the killing blow against the adoptive father uh, from his homeworld. 
And Horus promised Mortarion a chance to cleanse the Imperium of the Emperor's deceit and build a new order, untainted by their father's lies. Adding to this seduction was Callus Typhon, uh, Mortarion's trusted second-in-command, who, who was the Death Guard who warned him not to, not to act rashly. Right, yeah. Secretly, Callus, over the years, had uh, embraced chaos and influenced the Death Guard to follow suit. So he was kind of like seeding, he is like was worshipping chaos, and he was like starting cults within within the uh the legion basically he was handing out pamphlets right he's just like no, yeah. you just need to come and it, it, it's all vegan you can come by just hang out we'll give you one of our books it's gonna be great hmm. all right uh so during the tragic events of something called the Dropsite massacre mortarian reveals his true allegiance by sacrificing the loyalist elements of the death card uh a lot of them most of them the uh terranborn warriors still still fighting amongst his myth uh and fights along the traitors okay meanwhile primarch jagatai jagatai khan i'm gonna i'm gonna biff that a lot and i'll send you guys a picture put, Shout put out a to, cool accent on it maybe that'll help uh jagatai khan man huh very cool <laughs> yeah. oh he, he does look very cool actually yeah so khan is in genghis genghis khan clearly oh. inspired by uh the huns yeah. um shout, shout out to eric with a k who has requested jagatai khan lore that's not this episode but he, he has a fair amount, and I'll do one on him someday, I promise. Um, Jagatai Khan of the White Scars had been absent for, during, the, during the, the kickoff of the Horus Heresy. He's basically, he's out grabbing milk, you know? Um, suspicious astropathic messages hinted at the growing unease and the Civil War kind of brewing, and the Khan's encounter with Lemon Russ of the Space Wolf further uh, deepened his concerns. So he, he meets Lemon Russ at some point, and they kind of hit off and he's like, oh, this is and Lemon Russ kind of telling him about, yeah, there's kind of a civil war back home. So be careful. <laughs> Lemon Russ. <laughs> That's a cool name. We did a whole Lemon- episode on him. If you want to go back and listen to it. Lemon Russell. Yeah, I don't remember him. That was a long time ago. I think it might have been one of our first primers. Yeah. Um, determined to understand the truth, Jakatai Khan embarks on a journey to Prospero, seeking answers from Magnus the Red, the only brother he truly trusted. On Prospero, Jagatai stumbled upon Mortarion, who had been trailing him for some time. Uh-oh. Clad in formidable Terminator armor, Mortarion's elite bodyguard, the Death Shroud, accompanied him. Mort- Mortarion reveals his purpose in seeking out Jagatai. He's <laughs> like he... a bunch of pregnant Arnold Schwarzeneggers, like flanking him. <laughs> <laughs> With Danny DeVito's baby, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Danny so DeVito's he... the gene seed. I know, <laughs> I know you want to do American Gothic, but please just consider the picture of like sonic and goku like having the ba- like pregnant sonic with like goku spooning him or whatever but instead make it danny devito and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. i'm just saying consider it that's all <laughs> like i wrote down american gothic after it popped into my head i have another two minutes yeah. chris chan has ruined all sonic fan art for me it's just it's it's all scary now at <laughs> uh, so martarian wants to recruit jigatai khan Mercarian's crusade against witches in the imperium had worked the sorcery was outlawed in in the empire but Horus's new empire was lousy with them. Most of the pro- most of the other Primarchs, you know, Magnus b- go turns traitor as well. Um, they're all very pro sorcery, and they don't really trust Mortarian. Mortarian, you guys will remember, was like awkward and pale and like unnerving, pretty much, and didn't have any social skills, so he didn't really have any friends among the Primarchs either. And he looked like the Grim Reaper himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's very. He's very much like the kid who wears a trench coat in high school. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the guy who runs the boat uh, in Hades. Uh, fucking Karen. Karen. Yeah, yeah. He, every time you talk to him, he's just like, 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Mortarian was running out of friends among the traitor Primarchs. He's like, he, he joined Horus, but like Horus is like, he joined for Horus, but Horus is always busy. Horus is leading the, the dang heresy. He was named after him for, for heaven's sake. Um, so he, so he's like, uh, you know, I don't really trust the other traitors, but Jagatai Khan is a very martial like Primarch as well. Uh, so he goes in and he's like, Hey, like you're like me. We could be friends, right? Like, Hey, Hey man, I've been following you for like a couple decades through the, <laughs> through the galaxy. I just wanted to talk to you. Like you want to be friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Khan recognizing the bitterness and hidden motives behind his brother's words chose to remain loyal to the emperor. So being like, you uh-huh. don't want to be my friend, dude, you're just like weird and alone. I get that. And I feel for you, but like, also I'm not going to blow up my whole life for that. I watched a YouTube video about how sorcerers are bad. Can I share it with you on Facebook? Uh- <laughs> No, no, you can't. Open your eyes, you got high. <laughs> uh, so they fight. They fight over it. Their confrontation escalates into a fierce battle between the two Primarchs and their retinues. Their clash symbolizes the conflict of ideologies and the fate of the Imperium. While they fought, their fleets engaged in a full-scale war in orbit around Prospero. The battle destroys Tisca, City of Light, and Mortarian, losing the 1v1 versus Jagadai Khan. Uh, and seeing that there's no other victories for him here, teleports him and his fleet away into the warp. He's like, cool, you won't join. We were fighting. I'm losing. There's nothing else for me here. We're, we're gone. Me and my fleet are gone. And they just disappear into the warp because he's got those powers now. Oh, I was going to say, is that not magic? He's, you mean he had magic the whole time? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he does. I don't know. Okay. He's weird. Uh, it's not magic when I do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Self-hating yeah. magic Primarch in a tent with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I don't have a TV at home, but I'll take the Metro if I'm downtown, you know? like. <laughs> <laughs> so, filled with bitterness from his defeat against Jagatai Khan, Mortarian abandons his pursuit of the White Scars, Jagatai Khan's uh, legion, and embarks on a vengeful campaign across the systems of the lost Prospering Empire. So he's like, cool, I'm just gonna do what, do what Death Guards do, which is just destroy worlds, right? World after world falls under the onslaught of his death guard as the insular Primarch seemed consumed by the need to lash out and destroy. Finally, his search leads him to Terathalion, a former repository of knowledge under the guidance of distant masters on Prospero. I keep saying Prospero. It was the capital uh, of the Imperium. Um, oh, okay. okay. Sorry, yeah. Uh, like, or the capital or a capital, not Terra, but uh, very important. Very, very <laughs> I mean, important. I love the names. We're doing fine. We're prospering, yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're great. We're, we're a, very <laughs> yeah. pro- a headless Mario, like, we are Prospero. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's the, your cool accent that you requested, by the way. Um, Thanks, man. You're really good at those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he ends up on Terathalion, this, this repository of knowledge, this like, library world, essentially. Uh, when Mortarian's Death Guard emerged into the system, they appeared as grim, corpse-gray behemoths, uh, and... It wasn't just a, a mere squadron that arrived, but an entire battle group. So just a, a huge force of, uh, of Death Guard. Orbital bombardment ensued, leaving few survivors who cautiously, cautiously emerged from hiding, only to witness the descent of drop pods carrying the entirety of the Death Guard Legion onto the planet. Oh, no. So he, he seems to be driven by, and from what I could tell, again, without having read the novels, it seems like he's he might not know why he's so hell-bent on... on destroying this planet or getting to this planet but it'll it'll become clear so well his own conscience uh you know snuck up on him 
at this point, probably millennia ago and gave him a couple of bad ideas that have just been stuck there for some reason, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, there might be like a whispering demon king in his well, that's what i mean well. yeah, yeah. I, I mean conscious is in the the jiminy cricket sense like a physical okay, thing gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Uh. despite the injuries he still bore from the con driven by a desire even he couldn't identify mortarian teleported to the surface in search of someone he captures a woman and transporter transports her aboard his flagship the endurance within the confines of his private quarters he interrogates the woman who turns out to be not a woman but a warp warp demon in a dress uh, <laughs> this encounter with a creature from the Imperium challenged Mortarian's belief that such entities were mere fabrications. So, like, he's bit the Imperium uh, is another name for the warp. Um, okay. So he's he's been to the warp. He's traveled through it. Uh, you know, he he hid his people there for a time, but he's never really you know seen demons or met demons at this point very much, or like at least like intelligent ones. It seems. Um, and now he's he's confronted with one, and he was again. It seems like he was drawn here by something to meet this demon who would then challenge his beliefs. The demon reveals that Mortarian's brothers Lorgar and Fulgrim willingly dealt with beings from the warp, claiming that they had come to recognize the true order of things. So Lor- Lorgar and Fulgrim uh, are chaos primarchs. Uh, they, both, they both convert as well. However, Mortarian remains steadfast in his conviction that all sorcery was a blight, a cancer that humanity must repel. Despite his destructive search for answers and the realization that he was surrounded by the damned, he yearned to understand chaos and overcome it. The demon taunted Mortarian, ridiculing his belief that he alone could negotiate with the gods of the warp without consequence. It revealed the multitude of forces within the Empyrean, one of which had Mortarian's name etched upon its throne waiting for him. So it's like, hey, yeah, like you, you don't think that that we're real, but I'll show you like a real another dimension where we've got a throne wait waiting just for you buddy yeah it's like an as per my previous email thing right where it's just like <laughs> i contacted you about the, the the death throne before buddy <laughs> determined to confront the truth mortarian literally confronted the demon with his scythe enraged he taps into his latent psychic abilities delving into oh, sorcery no. and the powers he had vehemently opposed so when they disappeared into the warp earlier uh, again like without having explicitly read the source material seems like he did it by mistake didn't realize what we, what he was doing didn't realize it was the warp didn't realize it was sorcery whatever and now he's like full blown like unleashing psychic attacks on this this creature with the demon weaken mortarian unleashes his fury upon it embracing the dark path he had always despised as the demon perished it mocked mortarian as the master of the plague exposing his delusions and false purity realizing the relentless grass of the warp um Mortarian acknowledged that he had to embrace sorcery to comprehend and conquer it. He accepted his face, willing to become a psyker, a master of witchery, even if it meant resembling his foster father on Barbarus. During the Horus Heresy, the Death Guard Legion, led by Mortarian, joined the traitor legions in the assault on Terra. However, their fleet became trapped in the Immaterium due to the actions of first captain, Callus Typhon. Callus Typhon kind of betrays him, kind of becomes his own, like, leader of a demon cult of, of Astartes, of people, I'm not exactly sure. Um, okay. but he like betrays Mortarian and, and the Death Guard and the Death Guard get trapped in the warp in an inter- quote eternal nightmare uh, which is cool <laughs> Kalistyphon is very cool looking as well I, I very, didn't look him up didn't look very him up heavily armored space marine uh, with again a big set for us <laughs> the, eternal, on it. the eternal nightmare for while you guys are doing that by the way is just the entire army <laughs> is in one big classroom and no one has pants on and they're all yeah. screaming <laughs> 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 And the, the emperor keeps showing up and killing their math teacher. 
Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. During the uh, so Typhon, having discovered his psychic potential during the Great Crusade, uh, led Mortarian down a dark path, influencing his eventual fall to chaos. So it was also like Typhon was kind of masterminding things for chaos with the setting up the cult, and also maybe he was the one who told Mortarian he's got to find the the woman. I'm not sure. Well, you've also uh, got to like manipulate your immortal buddy if you want to do evil, right? Exactly. Exactly. Beats Chinese a, Transformer has a big scythe with a skull on it like that. It, yeah, it does. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Um sorry. As uh no, all good. I'm making a note because you punched your microphone, that's all. Uh as the Death Guard languished <laughs> languished in the warp, they fell victim to the insidious forces of Nurgle, the plague god. Their resilience against toxins and contagions proved futile as they succumbed to the destroyer plague and Nurgle's rot, transforming them into grotesque plague marines. Mortarian, tortured by the endless suffering, turned to chaos, offering his legion and soul to Nurgle. Under the patronage of Nurgle, Mortarian was elevated to Daemon Prince and given his own world, which he twisted into a mockery of Barbarus. Still today, Mortarian's Death Guard unleashed their, unleashes their offensives through the Cadian Gate, surging into the vast expanse of the galaxy. Wherever their path leads, they propagate the euphoric contagions of Nurgle, gifting those who embrace an existence of eternal life with the most exquisite blessings from the plague god. Mortarian, the irony lost on him, has turned into the very embodiment of the despotic overlords he once vowed to annihilate millennia ago. Seated upon a plague citadel atop a towering peak enveloped in toxic mists, he resembles the adoptive father he once despised in the annals of long-forgotten centuries. He should kill himself. (laughs) It'll give him... uh, You'll be able to finish his his storyline, because he never got to kill... uh, you never got to kill his father. His father, yeah. And and then the other guy stole it from him. So he should get into a fight with his real dad and then kill himself right before his dead, real dad can take him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a quote to close this out here. Okay. Uh, so this is from Mortarian, Damon Prince, Prince of Nurgle. Forget no insult, my sons, as I have never forgotten those of my father, of the emperor, nor those of Horus. Forgive no slight or grievance. Hold your bitterness deep within and let let it fester there. Let it roil and squirm and churn until you are so filled with bile, so poisonous that all you touch falls to ruin. Thus shall you serve Nurgle best. Thus shall you spread his virulent gifts across the false Imperium and watch its final rotting. He is trench coat kid or trench coat kid. Just like <laughs> hold it in. Just, just just get as bitter as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I've been your host, Ethan Palmer. If you guys want to hear more uh, Warhammer 40k lore, uh, hop hop on somewhere and, and friggin' let us know. Uh, hop onto the Discord. Let us know. Send us an email. Uh, contact at loreboys.com, loreboyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, get in touch with us, however you can. Uh, sorry if you've been trying to reach out to us on socials. None of us are really on socials, so <laughs> other than Discord. Uh, um, I, checked, yeah. I checked out the Twitter. I checked the Twitter messages like twice a month year. Month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes. Um, Thanks for listening. If you like the show, tell your friends, leave us a review, all the usual stuff. Jimbo, anything you want to add for the listeners at home? Uh, just get in the Discord. It's growing all the time. Uh, we're putting a lot of work into it. There's an event uh, tomorrow night. You guys will have missed it by the time uh, this episode comes out, but there will be more events uh, in the Discord. People just hanging out and chat and stuff. I think Florshi says he's got a 12-pack and uh, a game of Zelda, and he's just going to hang out and chat for anyone who wants to come by. So... Uh, those are the types of things uh, you can look forward to. If you're having issues with roles, please let me know. I kind of have like arbitrary rules that I've made up in my head to who gets promoted. And uh, if you're looking for a promotion and I just don't see you talk, you won't get one. So just poke me if you need one. <laughs> and uh, 
Yeah, Pete. Uh, at Lobros Podcast on Instagram. And that's about it for me. Um, yeah, I try to join voice chat. I've been very busy recently um, in my unemployment. I was talking to a buddy about it. I'm like, I'm like the busiest bum you've ever met in your life, dude. <laughs> he keeps trying to hang out with me. I've always got something going on. But uh, yeah, I haven't been in voice chat for a while, but I'll definitely try and make an appearance in the yeah. event tomorrow and other ones in the future that you listening in the future could actually probably attend. But uh, yeah. follow them links, you know, follow us on Instagram. We're like, I think I, I looked, we're like under 40 people away from a thousand followers on Instagram. Oh. So if you want to drop a follow, that'd be tight as well. New link to uh, Lore Boy. Oh, I better get this right. Um, lore we boys, have a, not lore boys. It's a subreddit. It's a subreddit, and I have three of them, but people started using one of them. So I really oh, okay. want to make sure that I have the right one before I. It's not that one. Uh yeah, so people have started posting on r slash the lore boys. Um, so if you want to get your mark on an early subreddit, we're kind of starting to grow. There's like not much there yet. Uh, but r slash the lore boys. I'm gonna try and start posting things like community events, uh, episode uploads, and stuff like that there, just so there's another uh route for people to find us. Unlost maniac post. I used to be ashamed of being Canadian until I listened to the lore boys. Now I'm just ashamed of living in British Columbia. Might mean my firstborn eaten, or however it's spelled. Not like that. Hope someone from the cast sees this. Uh, Man, get a look at these boys. Man, I love these guys. They've got me through some hard times with some great laughs. That's Red Shadow DX. That's our mod, David. That's David. Uh, Yeah. But the other one, I think he was referring to Atune, which was our 20th episode, which was like Ethan's crazy actual past, and he was a god named Atune or something. Or Remember when we we wrote everybody have a backstory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody write a backstory to the one that painted turnips. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Painted painted turnips to look like radishes or vice versa? I don't remember. I got that that stupid script somewhere. If people are making quotes from episode 20, uh, that's years ago at this point. So, yeah. Come check out r slash the lore boys and make your mark, put a post in, um, and get in there early. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening. If you guys want to support the show, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash theloreboys, where you can get access to the loser titles game. You'll get access to the episode art that we've been talking about on this episode, uh, none of which was created by us in any way, way shape, or form, but uh, we just kind of share it for uh, viewing purposes. Um, you guys will get access to bonus content. We got, I don't know, probably like 5,000 hours of bonus audio at this point. Somewhere between like easy. somewhere between like three oh, hours yeah. and 5,000. Um, it's just over a year of... 30 minutes to 40 minutes each so whatever that is yeah whatever that is like 20 20 plus for sure yeah i mean 30 plus probably uh hours of bonus content so uh patreon.com slash little boys if you want to check that out and of course for everyone who doesn't trust patreon uh we do have lower boys prime which we've always offered um we are i mean uh, so there's been a lot of demand especially since we got on reddit honestly uh <laughs> for um some more adult, I guess, uh, uh, content from us, a little, little bluer content. Um, so we are going to be jarring farts, uh, to sell, uh, gamer girl fart jars. We're, we're calling them lore boys, gamer girl fart jars. So, okay, uh, right. and it's, if you, if you subscribe to lore boys prime, you will get the, um, access to the, uh, pre-order of the deluxe fart editions, uh, of, nice. of the lore boys fart jars. So, uh, lower boys, gamer girl fart jars, TM, TM, TM. As the Macquarie brothers would say, uh, (laughs) (laughs) if you don't trust Patreon and you want some fart jars, uh, find find Lore Boys Prime at a uh, Circuit City near you. They're all just Tupperwares (laughs) that Pete stored his boiled eggs in and he's done with. (laughs) 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 Yeah. 
I have an egg uh, carton. Yeah, exactly. I think that would cost you a lore boys. Lore boys. Lore boys. boys. Out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.